0: Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer and episode 99 of the Speaking Club podcast. I love how the business model of popular literature has changed over the years. Charles Dickens used to get paid by the word, Alexander Dumas by the line, and Fifty Shades of Grey author E.L. James by the climax. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking And because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Welcome! Thank you so much for joining me again. Boy, have I got an exciting episode for you to start your 2020. Now, if you're anything like me, you're feeling excited about the new year because it brings us an opportunity to look back at the past 12 months of achievement, learning and growth and consider also what we want for the coming year. I've set some pretty big goals for the next 12 months and I know that I will have to open up my mind be coachable and invest in my growth to achieve what I've set out to do. And I also know that for me, books will play a big part in this journey. I absolutely adore books and I really do believe that a book has the potential to change the course of your life. I can trace some of my biggest aha moments, growth and transformations back to books that I've read, And that's why I'm always so interested in finding out from my guests which books have impacted their lives the most and why. And I've been planning which books I'm going to be reading this year. And for inspiration, I revisited some of the ones that were life changing for the amazing people that I've had on my show. But then I thought, why keep this to myself? So I'm sharing 12 of them with you so that you have one book idea for every month. I'm hoping this show will give you a boost to help you achieve the goals and dreams you've set for yourself. And I also wanted to say that if your goals do actually include developing your speaking and storytelling, well, then I'd like to invite you to join me on my live webinar masterclass. In this training workshop, I'll be sharing my map for creating a powerful story led talk simply and easily. It's a map that works even if you have a message that you struggle to get people to relate to or understand. And I'll also be sharing a game changing mindset shift that's going to free you up to be your authentic self when you speak. So if you're committed to moving your speaking up a level, and you want to get the tools to connect and engage your audience with stories, then find out more and book your place to join me live at thespeakingclub.com slash masterclass. Right, let's get on with things. So I'm going to be doing a short intro about each guest before they share about their book. Let's go. Okay, so first up is Shelley O'Donovan, and she spent many years in the public policy arena in the US, and it was here she noticed that some of the brightest people weren't having the impact they deserved, yet others with half the substance and potential were having great success. So she went off and studied body language, personality types, and lie detection. And not only did she see her own status and influence increase, but Shelley was able to discern why others were successful or not. And today, she speaks, coaches, and trains on increasing the impact of your body language for speaking, confidence, gravitas, and sales. And if you want to hear more from Shelley so that you can become more influential in your communication, you can find her in episodes 37 and 97 but here's her book recommendation for you. What's the one book that you've read that's had most impact on your life and why?
1: So um, actually it was before I opened my business, but I had read this amazing book called um, Essentialism by Greg McKeon. It is probably sitting it's sitting right here. Um, I have read this book, uh, I probably five times, and I've listened to it on audio and it is very much about um, just being very focused on what you want to do and um, having a dedicated um, and kind of the power of the fact that when we don't make decisions, we actually are making a decision to do something else. And it's, it's just this amazing book. I've read it so many times and it just really brings you back to what's important in life and what's important in your life. And so, uh, so that is the one book that I just, it's like my Bible. I come back to it time and time
0: again. Next up is Graham Olcott. Now, Graham fell into productivity when he shifted to being an entrepreneur from corporate role. And he found that whilst he had these great ideas and he could delegate well, he wasn't actually very good at getting things done. So he did loads of research, carried out many productivity experiments and began to find the principles and systems that worked. That's when he decided that other people could benefit from this stuff too. Graham is now CEO of Think Productive and author of the worldwide best-selling book, Productivity Ninja. You can hear the full interview I had with Graham on episode 44 and we're discussing there working smarter and how to get more done. But here's his book recommendation for you. What's the one book you've read that's had, apart from your own, that's had most impact on your life and why?
2: Wow. What's the one book I've read? Um, The one that really massively inspired me was um, reading Long Walk to Freedom, Nelson Mandela's autobiography. Um, And I think the reason for that was realizing what a clear sense of purpose he had. Um, Obviously, going through just huge. Um, you know, uh, obstacles and barriers and, and everything else, but he just never lost sight of what his purpose in life was, what he wanted to achieve, um, and you know, within that sense of purpose, was just a very big sense of of compassion, um, forgiveness for the people who were holding him hostage, and just a belief that he was right and that um, he had a truth that he was fighting for and that it was worth fighting for. And I think that always just. You know, it's weird, isn't it? Like often people say, who are your sort of business heroes? And I don't have many. And in fact, most of the people who are put on a pedestal as the big famous entrepreneurs, I think are generally not very good people. (laughs) I I just don't, you know, um, I mean, you know, I'm not going to name names and uh, and bad mouth people, but like I I don't, a a lot of the kind of uh, standard uh kind of business role models I look at them and I think I don't really respect you very much um but I think you know so for me it I think business like life needs to be more values driven and like values need to come first and so that was really why that's why I'm saying Nelson Mandela and not you know Richard Branson or something
0: my next guest is Jay Miller so Jay dreamed of and trained to be a classical singer and although his original dream drifted away from him his love and passion for the voice stayed and after 20 years training speakers actors and business people how to develop a great voice as well as overcome anxiety around public speaking he's become one of Canada's finest voice and speech coaches and I Grabbed an interview with Jay, that's in episode 47, and we talked about this critical tool and what you should be doing to cultivate it to fulfill its potential so that you can increase the power and impact of your message. If that sounds like something you'd like to find out more about, go and grab a listen to that episode number 47. In the meantime, here's Jay to tell you about his book. What's the best book you've ever read?
3: That's a terrible question to ask me. I'm serious, anything, you know, the top, whatever, my favorite food, um, oh goodness. Can I just, can I just substitute, narrow it down to like the best speaking book I've ever read or something? Of
0: course, you can, yes.
3: All right. There's a book called Trust Me, Trust Me by Nick Morgan. I think he teaches at Harvard. And I think he coaches presidents. Uh-huh. But uh, when I read that book, and it's been a few years now, I felt like, like someone had just plagiarized stuff that I was talking about all the time, but in a good way. Yeah. It just, uh, he, he talks about the four important, uh, four main aspects of speech. And the first two are openness and connection.
0: The next book recommendation comes from Paul Coleman. Now, Paul spends a lot of time taking a helicopter view of business and entertainment because he helps big companies come up with new ideas for products from washing powder to snack foods. But Paul also writes comedy, and you will have seen his work on the Channel 4, BBC and Comic Relief. He's created some of the funniest and most watched shows for years, including the BAFTA-winning Car Share, which he wrote and which starred Peter Kaye. If you want to find out more about Paul and get some great tips for unlocking creativity alongside speaking and writing nuggets too, then you can check that out at episode 51. In the meantime, over to Paul. What is the one book you've read that's had most impact on your life and why?
4: Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose one that I've just read, if that's okay. Of course, your, your choice i've just read the new power and i'm trying to remember who the is two authors for it um and it's a really interesting book about saying how the dynamics have shifted where it used to be media moguls used to have that massive platform and they could just um spout whatever they wanted in that and the establishment kind of controlled it and i think that's still largely the case but what's happening is this dynamic and the shift that's happening were you and I and other people like us are actually finding a voice and being able to not only manipulate politics so I mean in, in some good and bad ways and we won't get into what sides those are but also in terms of products as well so you can have voices louder voices with with um, organizations to be able to change things so it kind of it fits into the world and the reason I'm saying it's I'm it's a recent book and I'm choosing that it's because I've been banging on about it humanised since I read it and boring people to death with it and I keep drawing this this diagram of this triangle and going this is where we sit this is the consumer this is this and think this is how it needs to change um, and I think it's riding on the back of that because I think consumers are in a, in a position now where they feel like they've got more power than they've ever had because they can criticise a TV programme they can criticise an individual they can criticise a product far faster than they ever would I mean in, I don't think my mum would have ever sent in the '80s a letter to uh, an organisation going, "We don't really like your Kit Kats. Um, can you change them?" Whereas, you can do that on Twitter. We could just yeah. go and do it. No, we don't like Kit Kat. The new Kit Kat comes out. We can tell them, and we tell them in our thousands that we don't like them. It's wrong to pick on Kit Kat. They've not done anything wrong. It was just an example. Right? <laughs> Mum loves Kit Kats. I love Kit Kats. Uh, but you, you have a point. We can, we, our yeah. power is very different than it was before. Our, our engagement um, is very different. And I think media organizations, whether that be producers of TV programs such as sitcoms or organizations such as Kit Kat or political parties need to look at that in a different way because it's shifted and it ain't going back to the, the old model.
0: That's really interesting. So New Power, that book's called, is it? Oh, yes.
4: I, I loved it. I couldn't put it down. I really enjoyed it.
0: My next guest is Simon Fanshawe and he trained as a lawyer and promptly abandoned that career in law to become a comedian. He won the Perrier Award for comedy at the Edinburgh Fringe in 1989, but comedy wasn't to be where he made his mark. And from 1992... Simon focused on writing and broadcasting alongside a growing involvement in charity work and advocacy. He was a founding member of Stonewall and today Simon has an OBE and is an in-demand speaker on how you can use diversity and inclusion to create business advantage. To learn more about Simon, hear about his journey, get some big value bombs around the importance of persona and the relationship with your audience as well as tactics for making a talk relevant and engaging to increase your impact and bookings, you can have a listen to episode 52. But for today, here's Simon to give you his book recommendation. What's the best book you've ever read and uh, what's had most impact on your life and why? When I was
4: at school years ago, I read a book in a series by Emile Zola, it's called the Rougon-Macquart, the And there's a book called Germinal, and it's about a miners' strike in Belgium in the late 19th century. And it is the most extraordinary combination of the idea of land as a metaphor, and these people under the earth as the underclass. and the relationship they have with the mine owners. And there are scenes from it that I absolutely still remember. Um, And I read it first when I was about 15, and I've read it several times since. It's the most extraordinary book.
0: And it's called Germinal by... Germinal,
4: G-E-R-M-I-N-A-L, and it's by Emile Zola.
0: Next up to share their book is Sophie Devonshire, Sophie is a business leader, an entrepreneur, brand specialist, and author. She is a sought after speaker on contemporary leadership topics like business acceleration, brand transformation, and how to speed up success. If you want to get some tips on how to stay relevant and ready to take advantage of opportunity when it knocks, then you can have a listen to episode 54. But here's Sophie with her book right now. What is the best book that you've read? And why? I guess the one that had most impact on you. Uh, the best
5: business book, because it's probably most relevant for this, uh, is a 1930s book, um, which is How to Win Friends and Influence ah. People. Yeah. And I hadn't read it until three or so years ago. Um, and a friend said, it's really interesting. And what it gives you is an insight in to how difficult it is to change people's minds. And the reason why that's important is because it maybe helps when you're trying to understand what's happening politically at the moment. There's Brexit and other things that are going on. um, And it's it's really worth reading.
0: Yeah, it's quite interesting. I might be slightly blasphemous here, but in some ways, you know, I've read that book and so many people that... I respect and admire, have that book to hand all the time. And it is almost like another Bible, like in terms of a way to treat people and a way to behave yourself, to get the best out of people in life. It is, it is, you know, up there, I think, with some of the the most sort of important texts that we've got. My next guest is Devin Thorpe. Now, Devin spent lots of years in a corporate career within the finance function, and that was his dream job. But when he lost that job... He was able to take a step back and reevaluate his life purpose, and that set him on the path to what he does today. Devin is out to change the world. He's spoken at the UN, all over the world, sharing his message and training companies on crowdfunding and corporate social responsibility. He's interviewed Bill Gates multiple times, is a regular writer for Forbes magazine and a podcast host. And in episode 56, I talked to Devin about how he got into page speaking and how it enables him to fulfill his mission. So feel free to check that episode out that's episode 56 in the meantime let's have a listen to devin's book what is the book that's had most impact on your life and why
6: oh wow yeah i guess if i'm uh, being honest and i think that's what you want from me
0: yes please uh,
6: it would be the bible uh you know i i am a deeply religious christian person i'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ, of Latter-day Saints. Um, and I think about, uh, you know, it, it's probably, you know, the, the New Testament. And, and I, I realize we live in a secular world and, and uh, even setting aside questions of divine origin, uh, there's some powerful messages in, in the New Testament uh, about, uh, you know, loving your enemy I mean, boy, you know, just just that one kernel right there. If you did nothing else, uh, think how different this world would be. Uh, so, yeah, that probably had the greatest influence on me.
0: My next book recommendation comes from Peter Cheese, and he's an expert in people and change management with a distinguished career at one of the biggest consulting firms in the world which he then followed by becoming Chief Exec at two of the leading people organisations in the UK. On top of that, he's a recognised thought leader, government advisor and a very in-demand speaker. Now, you can catch my whole interview with Peter on episode 60, where you can hear more about the importance of the human factor in all aspects of leadership and business and Peter's secrets for preparing and delivering successful, engaging talks and his dislike of being constrained by a script but right now let's have a listen to peter sharing about his book what's the the one book you've read that's had the most impact and why <sighs>
7: Yeah, it's a good question. I, I read a lot. I read voraciously because, so going back to this notion of curiosity, I think I'm endlessly curious mm-hmm. about so many things. I read lots of books on economics and science and history and business and everything else. And my family always say, why don't you read more novels? And I say, well, I, when I finish all those books, then maybe I will. <laughs> um, but, you know, I love books like Daniel Kahneman's book, Thinking Fast and Slow. I think mm-hmm. it's a seminal piece of work. And what what really interests me about it is, um, he, he's the sort of godfather of behavioral economics. So he's a—he was a psychologist who won the Nobel Prize for economics, um, and I really profoundly believe in a lot of that stuff. And <clears throat> this this understanding of how we respond to things, what drives bias, the differences between our emotional brain and our cognitive brains, you know, what he calls system one and system two, um, and all those other things, and really, really interesting, but he he talks about these things both from a deep insight on sort of behavior and neuroscience and many years of research, but also talks about it in societal and economic terms. Um, And I think, you know, these are the sorts of things we need to understand so much better all the way from how we assess people and develop people and how people learn, how people react to things, you know, bias, conscious and unconscious bias, what all the nudge theory stuff about how do we really influence behavioral change at scale. Uh, And a lot of it is very rooted in, in, the kind of uh, research and ideas that Daniel Kahneman has put forwards, and, and as I said, this whole field of behavioural economics and, and economics always interested me because I remember reading a book once on economics, one of my daughters gave me, and the first sentence in it was, was "Economics is about understanding human behavior and I thought, "Gosh, right. I thought it was all about numbers." Um, so that's definitely one of my my all-time top favourites. I'd say if I'm allowed, a, am I allowed a
0: second? Yes, of course.
7: Well, my second one would be *Sapiens* um, by Yuval Harari, which again is a, an astonishing piece of work, um, and is quite literally you know, the entire history of humanity from the very, very beginning. But he picks up themes uh, along the way, a bit like you know, this idea of your emotional brain and the fact that that was you know, that was our first brain, and and that you know, the, the, our cognitive capabilities develop much, much later on, and so we're still driven by many things that come from our sort of primate ancestry but but he goes on to talk about the growth of civilizations and all these other things it's a really astonishing piece of work but then in particular finishes it and he has written subsequent books of course but finishes it with and where are we all going Um, you know what ultimately is the purpose of humanity and And, you know, just to get philosophical on it for a second, I mean, I think those are very profound questions and have been asked by the ancient philosophers as as well as many others since, and and people like Aristotle who who questioned, you know, what was humanity there for and ultimately concluded that the goal of humanity should be this construct of eudaimonia, which very broadly translates into the idea of ideas today of well-being and contentedness and so forth, and saying that ultimately should be what we can strive for and create. And you think... That's pretty cool, and that should be a (laughs) bit of a driver for all of us, shouldn't it? Absolutely. Um, So Sapiens would be my other, other book, which I think is, again, a phenomenal piece of work.
0: Brilliant. And I think in that book, Sapiens, there's a big um, focus as well on human imagination and stories and how the big yeah. impact of stories to to actually get those early ancestors to be successful as tribes and grow because of the fact that we're able to use, you know, stories to an imagination to connect with people. But that's, uh, yeah. yeah, I shall put those two Which books. Sorry, go on.
7: Put those two books in your library, yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, that point about storytelling, which we've already talked about in the context of communications and, and making speeches, it is. It's very powerful, and you're absolutely right. He, Harari makes a real point about how storytelling has, has helped bring us together. It's helped create problems as well, but it's a very fundamental part of what it means to be human.
0: Up next is Carl Honoré. Carl started out his career as a journalist driven by a personal mission to change the world for the better. But one day, he realised that in his pursuit of making other people's lives better, his own was passing him by at breakneck speed and he was missing the most important moments. And this epiphany set him on the path to writing his best-selling book in praise of slow and spearheading the slow movement, which has impacted lives all over the world. You can have a listen to episode 68 if you want to find out more about Carl and how he had to face the terror He felt about public speaking when he made the transition from page to stage. And he'll also give you a look behind the curtain at how he put together his keynote for his book, Boulder. That's episode 68. In the meantime, here's Carl to share about his book with you now. What's the one book you've read that's had most impact on your life and why? Hmm.
6: I sometimes think that it's The Quiet American by Graham Greene. Okay. Book, uh, I read when I was in my teens, and it was all about. It's about a journalist, a kind of cynical, weather-beaten journalist in um, Southeast Asia, and th- it's all about. You know uh, how how far should a journalist get become engaged in the story, and what what does he or she owe to the people involved? And it just it, it got me thinking about. I think it probably helped me become a journalist. It got me thinking about my where I would stand in the world and what I could do to change it and how far I should push and maybe think about all those blurry lines between being involved and in covering something, being dispassionate, objective versus subjective and all this stuff. It's, and I still often think about it now. So I, I would I would say The Quiet American by Graham Greene. And a great book. I mean Graham Greene is such a wonderful novelist and it's a tremendous read and hardly recommend it to anyone.
0: My next guest is Verla Fortier. She's a former director of surgery in Toronto Hospital in Toronto and a retired associate professor of nursing at McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. She was on the cusp of retirement when she was diagnosed with a life-changing illness called lupus, which shattered all of her plans. Now, she researched everything she could find out about lupus, but she accidentally stumbled across something that was outside the realms of traditional medicine, but which had a miraculous effect on her health. Now she's become an author and a speaker, and she's sharing what she discovered to help other people avoid dementia, live longer and reduce the effects of chronic illness. If you want to hear more about Verla's story, what she found out, and her experience of Moving from a corporate speaker into a story led speaker talking about her own life, have a listen to episode 88. But for now, let's have a listen to Verla sharing her book recommendation. Okay, what's the one book, apart from your own, that you've read <laughs> that's had most impact on your life and why?
5: Oh, I Definitely Diana Beresford-Kroger. I don't know if you know her, but uh, she's in her 70s and she is the one that I first read about that um, talked about these tree aerosols. So she's a botanist, chemist, but also a big advocate for trees. She doesn't talk about the health benefits so much as she wants you to plant everybody, plant a tree, and she's, she's really... Uh, but she's amazing. Yeah, Diana Beresford Kroger. Look her up. Um, she's written uh, 40 Ways That Trees Can Save You. And, uh, the you know, she writes about the forest. And cool. she's not that well-known, but she's brilliant. And what, what nationality is she? Well, she, she's living in Canada now, but she grew up in a Celtic tradition. And she got a lot of this um, stuff passed down from her. So she really believes in the sacred and the science going together. But she's also a scientist.
0: Next up is Joanna Penn, an award-nominated New York Times and USA Today best-selling author of both fiction and non-fiction books she helps people write their first book and is also a professional speaker, entrepreneur and host of the Creative Pen podcast, which has been downloaded over 3.7 million times in 219 countries. If you want to find out more about Joanna, her journey and the whys and wherefores of book writing if you're a public speaker, then you should have a listen to episode 92. Of course, Right here, right now, we're listening to Joanna sharing all about the book that's impacted her life most and why. Jack Canfield, The Success Principles. Oh, right. That was one of the books I read when it came out over a decade ago. Um, And that says, uh, and the tagline is something like, uh, how to get from where you are to where you want to be. And the biggest question is, where do you want to be? (laughs) Because everyone knows where they are right now. But if you don't decide where you want to be with your business, like I said, the mistakes I've made, um, you know, over property and scuba diving, I came up with, I want a business that's, you know, scalable, that's location independent, where I don't have to have any employees, where I can make unlimited money, uh, where I can be creative. And I have created that
5: life. So cool.
0: My last guest is Nahala Summers, who is the founder of Sunshine People Charity. She is also an expert on kindness and a speaker on a mission to change lives. After suffering tragedy in her life, a chance meeting with a stranger on a beach became the catalyst for discovering a new purpose for her life and the start of a movement. If you'd like to know more about what happened and why, then check out episode 95 and you'll discover the challenges Nala faced and how speaking underpins everything she does. But for now, here's Nala with her book recommendation. What is the one book that you've read that's had most impact on you and why? Ooh, um...
8: I would say, I mean, I wouldn't say one book. I would say the Brené Brown books generally have a pretty profound effect. I haven't read them all. I've read a few of them. It's around that understanding of vulnerability. So when we are allowed to be vulnerable, and what happened with that is it linked in so nicely with the work that I do around kindness. And I realized that, you know, to be kind, we have to be vulnerable. There's so many books, but if I was to summarize a, a, a writer and a selection, I don't know. Also Tuesdays with Morrie. I don't know whether any, any of the listeners have come across that book, uh, Mitch album. That I haven't actually, no. What's, what's is, that about? It is a beautiful, beautiful story. And I, I read it years ago and I've read it again and all of his books are actually stunning, but Tuesdays with Morrie is pretty special. And it's, Uh, the last conversations that he has with a professor that he worked with um, on his kind of professor's dying days. It's the most astonishing book. I I do a podcast talking to people with a terminal illness about their life and just, you know, understanding more about them. And while it wasn't in directly inspired by Tuesdays with Morrie, I do believe that there is a, that we have a huge impact when we understand people who uh, understand their own mortality. When we understand our own mortality, we start to live life more wholeheartedly. So yeah, the links between kind of uh, Brené Brown and and Tuesdays with Moria, there's so many more, but I'll pick those two for now.
0: Perfect. And I'll put a link in the show notes to those as well. Well, there you go. I would love to thank each of the guests again that shared their books with me. And there's a link in the show notes to each of the full episodes they were on and the books they recommended. Although I just wanted to let you know that these are um, affiliate links, which means Amazon will give us a few pennies, but you don't get charged any extra. And I would urge you to go and listen to their show if you haven't already. And also go and say hi to them on social media too. All those links are also in the show notes. I'd also like to say thank you to you again, for choosing The Speaking Club to listen to. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope it gives you food for thought for this coming year and all the things that might be possible for you. And I I would love it if you do enjoy the show, if you could take a couple of minutes to leave a rating or review for it on iTunes, wherever you are in the world. You can also come and DM me on Instagram, at SarahArcher15, or find me on Twitter or LinkedIn too. Well, all that's left for me to say is Happy New Year. I hope you have a brilliant week. And don't forget to grab 2020 by the nuts and get cracking. Bye bye. Hey, if you're listening to this show because you want to start speaking or have a big talk or pitch coming up and you want to make it the best it can be, then you made the right choice because this podcast is the vehicle that can help you get there. But I wanted to tell you about something that will get you there even faster. Something that incorporates all the hacks, tools, and tips I've picked up from my years in comedy, theater, marketing, and coaching. And that's my blueprint for creating and delivering a story-led talk that engages, inspires, and converts. And the best bit is that I'll be sharing my blueprint and the mindset hack that will help you overcome public speaking anxiety in a free webinar masterclass. To register go to thespeakingclub.com slash masterclass. This puppy gives you the soup to nuts for creating powerful talks that connect with and engage your audience every time. So grab your place now. That's thespeakingclub.com slash masterclass.